Hey, this is Barbara Corker, and you are now tuned in to Business Unusual. And everything you ever learned about business, throw it out the window. I'm going to tell you the real deal. Listen in. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. This episode is presented by AT&T Business. There's not a soul in the world that doesn't come to a crossroad at some point and have to make a big decision, which way should I go? And it has enormous effects on what the rest of your life is going to be. Today, we're going to talk to three people who are at a crossroads, asking for advice. Should I go left? Should I go right? Should I stay in a job or should I start a business? Should I take a day job or take another risk and start a new business? Should I go into public health or should I become the chef? What do I do? Well, I'm going to help these soul searchers arrive at the right path so they can get on their way and get rid of the indecision. Join me. Hey, Barbara. Um, my question is about how to know when to leave a job. How do you know that a job isn't serving you anymore? It feels like there's this time when you kind of like hate what you're doing, but you feel like you should stick around. And is that a normal response to just being in a job for a long time? Um, I know that it probably has to do with feeling like you're not growing anymore. But how do you know when you should look for something else or move on or just do something different from what you're doing currently? Thanks so much. So, uh, I listened to your question. How do you know mm -hmm. when it's a good time for you to leave your job? All right. So obviously mm -hmm. you're thinking this for a reason. I have a couple more questions for you if I could ask just to get a better read on the whole sure. thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah, of course. Um, how is it not serving you? You use the words not serving me. Like, for example. Um, so the question is really kind of more of a vague, like, general question. I'm actually really happy in my job. But um, I always think. at all. <laughs> Sorry? It didn't sound that way from your question. Uh, yeah, well, I think that I go through, uh, like, phases or, like, waves of um, not, like, more discomfort. Like, thinking that I should be. Uh, making myself more uncomfortable uh, in like a different position. So serving you is more like big picture serving you. Like mm -hmm. the end goal, like setting your sights farther than you already thought that they should be, um, you know, serving you for goals that you didn't even think of. Um, because I say I'm really happy in my job, but mm -hmm. should I be unhappy? Like, should I be looking for something else? Should I always be, um, you know, looking for something different, um, something that challenges me differently in a bigger way, in a different way? Um, uh, is that but, from somewhere else outside yourself, like maybe from your peer group or your parents or whoever, your significant other, like, oh, you mm -hmm. could be doing more, you should be doing more, you're better than this. Is that coming from someone outside your own head? I think it's coming from this culture that I've seen uh, in this generation of um, always like creating a new business or, um, you know, striving for jobs you didn't even think that you could get. And uh, I think that in my friend group um, and 
really my like close circle uh, were pretty complacent or um, just really okay with working like a, you know, nine to five, Mm -hmm. um, retiring in, you know, like 40 years Mm -hmm. and that's okay. And um, so thinking about you uh, identify with that um, friend group or circle. In other words, when they're, when they're expressing their feeling about stay at, this is what my goal is. This is where I'm going to go. I'm okay. Are you identifying with their feeling? Are you feeling like you're different than them? Uh, Well, I think that uh, my brothers make me think differently uh, Mm -hmm. because they're both entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have that kind of voice, uh, that constant voice in my uh, world, mm-hmm. but um, I do more identify, or I guess I've like grown up, you know, my parents' generation is kind of like work a job and stay in the job for a long time and then retire. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the path that I'm on. Uh, but seeing these different opportunities and these different options that I see uh, people all over like social media and that like, you know, you um, kind of help people with, mm-hmm. um, it's really cool to see, but I never thought of myself as any sort of like entrepreneur or uh, really kind of going outside the norm in like a professional way. Yes. Um, you seem so, to have a grip of who you are. Your feet are firmly on the ground. It's not like you're not self-reflective. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I, I like to think I am, and I do a lot in my uh, like personal life and I travel a lot and I have a lot of different kinds of friends and all that. Um, it's just professionally. And I, I, like I said, I love my job and I have a really good job and it, it um, you know, helps me live a life that I really love. Um, mm-hmm. But how do I know that that's enough? Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, let me ask you one last question and then I'll give you mm-hmm. my opinion on the whole thing for what it's worth. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the dialogue with your brothers? What do they say? Do they say, Hey, you could really be doing more or join my business or I have an idea you should start or wh- what's going on there with them and how frequently. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they are always telling me like, start your own business, do something else. Um, I have like a gig on Fiverr and they're like, you know, really build that up and um, put more gigs on there. And, you know, you could do more um, to make yourself more, uh, I guess, financially independent um, from your job. Um, you want that from They don't. Do you want extra money? Are you lacking for money outside what you're being paid? No, not really. Um, I, yeah, I get paid well. Um, and I feel like I'm on a good path and I have a good projection in my career growth, like within my company. Um, and I'm definitely like valued and I feel like I'm being developed. Um, but seeing, you know, like I said, people outside of my, uh, close circle, other than my brothers doing just like so much more than that, or maybe it's not more, maybe it's just different. Mm -hmm. Um, very different. Yeah. Um, okay. A couple of things that I'm thinking of, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people uh, think, should I be doing something else? Should I be leaving my job? And usually when someone's thinking that way, uh, they should have already left it. It's mm-hmm. almost like uh, I always picture it like a bird landing on your shoulder and whispering in your ear, get out of here, get out of here. And then you ignore the bird. And then if you ignore it, you get kind of comfortable with the bird living on your shoulder. You're not listening to him anymore. And you could justify uh, your own thinking that, ah, I shouldn't be leaving. This is okay. You know, I'll settle. Uh, It's pretty good on a good day. Maybe I have a few bad days. Ah, I'll settle. You know, this is pretty good. You start ignoring the little bird and the whisper. I think those initial whispers 
are very truthful whispers, but the, but the real question you have to ask is, who's that bird? Where's it coming from? You know, mm-hmm. there's something about an entrepreneur. I know I'm one. I have nine siblings. Eight are, are entrepreneurs and two are not. Um, I can't tell you the hours I have spent trying to convince the two that are not my whole life that they're missing the boat, that they really yeah. should take control of their destiny. You know, they're so capable. They have the same energy I have. They have the same kind of smarts that I have. What are they doing? They could have made a fortune for themselves if they were doing it for them versus the next guy. That has been my mantra for the last 30 years with my siblings mm-hmm. that aren't entrepreneurs. Someone yeah. should have told me a long time ago to shut the huh up. Just like that, because it's not what they aspire to. They really love what they're doing. They have a bad day, but trust me, your your entrepreneur brothers are having bad days just as well. You mm-hmm. know, that's part of it's called work for a reason. Not every day is perfect. So mm-hmm. I would think uh, that you have to label that bird on your shoulder as what it is, which is your brother's wildly enthusiastic, uh, meaning to help you in every way because they love you and they want to share their joy of what they found and make it your joy. But I think what you have to learn for yourself is to cut them off at the pass right away. I'm sorry. I know where you're coming from. I really appreciate it. But I'm very happy with what I'm doing. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> but um, I think you have to cut your brothers off at the pass when they start talking to you. Your circle of friends, uh, your, your uh, friend group, as you called it, they're on your page. They're not trying to talk you into anything differently. Maybe discuss, mm-hmm. you think we should be doing more? And then everybody concludes, no, I really like my job. I'm getting ahead. I'll get my promotion. I'm, it's affording me what I want out of my life. I go on vacations. There's nothing wrong with that. Do you know how few people find a job that they really like? Mm-hmm. I would say one in four in, over the long term. But you, you found it for yourself. So I think you mm-hmm. just have to get uh, more adamant about defending it. Yeah. You know, you're not this not uh, this kind of lady that's not thoughtful, not self reflective, uh, or you wouldn't be listening to other people. You really do examine yourself, and that's a wonderful mm-hmm. trait. But if you concluded uh, that you really like what you're doing for the moment, anyway, you could change mm-hmm. in five years. But you really like where you are. I think it would be useful to you to learn to be uh, more aggressive in defending your turf. That's your turf. None mm-hmm. of your business, really. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. See you, you know, uh, because yeah. you don't really deserve to have to uh, defend yourself. So if you defend yourself vehemently on the front side, you won't have mm-hmm. to be doing it little by little in drips all along the way, which could be debilitating and can cast sure. doubt if you hear it often enough, even though, if yeah. it's, even if it's not your own doubt, you could incorporate it in your psyche, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so, that's uh, definitely. So, so you don't, I just don't get from you. Uh, that you're on the same page at all with your brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely um, admire what they're doing, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like as an entrepreneur, you have to have like a passion for something, even if it's just entrepreneurship. <laughs> that, um, yeah, I'm more focused on my life outside of work, and I feel like my job affords me my life outside of work. And I don't see it as my life. The little bird is always there. And the little bird is my brother's. And it is this like idea of just, you know, should, should you be doing more? Should you be doing different? Are you letting yourself down? Perk, perk, mm-hmm. perk. Are you letting yourself right. down? Perk, perk, perk. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? It would be interesting for you to spend a week in your brother's shoes. <laughs> you're going on the vacations that you're enjoying. If they're having mm-hmm. the leisure time to speak with their circle of friends. 
to see if they're going in in the morning and knowing exactly what's laid out for them without a good deal of pressure. Chances are, if they're entrepreneurs, they have a super high pressure life. Like some is not enough and then enough is not enough and then that's not mm -hmm. enough. It's a drive toward the future. Whereas I think you've discovered the enviable trait of living in your present. Ain't mm -hmm. so bad, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Ain't so bad, yeah. So I'd, I, I would be, uh, I would just let myself off that hook. Unless another bird comes six years later, but then you have to ask mm -hmm. whose bird is that? Is it mine or is it somebody else's? Yeah, yeah. no, that's such good advice. That's, that's I mean, I really uh, see a lot, you know, the idea of like living the now, living the present. And it's really easy to get out of that and not appreciate. But I had the thought the other day, like if I lost my job or if my job wasn't remote anymore, mm -hmm. um, my life would be so different. And it made me very grateful for my life now. My God. Um, so Tell your parents, they did a great job with you. <laughs> oh, thank yeah. you. And with your brothers too, I'm sure. But good for you. Yeah. Good for yeah. you. Okay. I'm in your corner. If you, Thanks, if you don't Barbara. have courage next time they start telling you stuff, say, Barbara said, shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your Will do. Yourself. I'll record it. I love have you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye. It's Barbara. Just call her. It's Barbara. Hello, this is Barbara. Hey, Barbara. I'm a sophomore in college. I'm studying public health, and my name's Clayton. And I really like public health. I think it's amazing. But I'm also really good at cooking. And the more I see people on Shark Tank and all these other shows and how they run their small restaurants and small businesses, it makes me want to have a small business. But anyways, I'm really into cooking, and I love it dearly. And I really see myself being a good restaurant owner. But I'm also invested in public health. I absolutely love it. I want to work in a hospital. I really don't know a clear path. I don't know really what I should do. Can you help? Thanks, Barb. Bye. You have an embarrassment of riches. You have two gifts, two things you're interested in. Uh, most kids who are in school are uh, trying to figure out one thing that they might want to do for a livelihood. So the first thing I would say to you truly is that uh, you have a nice problem to have. Which way should I go? <laughs> okay. So let me try to maybe help you sketch that out a bit in your own thinking to see if you lean one way or the other. And if you decide you don't lean one way or the other, you could do both. People reinvent themselves five times over in a lifetime. You can have a chapter for this, a chapter for that. You know, I got the feeling from the way you asked the question, certainly, that I perhaps sense a little bit more passion about the cooking because you kept using the word love. You didn't use that word at all when you said public health. You said, I like. So I thought maybe you loved cooking more. Am I reading that right? Or do you like them equally well? Both paths. You're reading it really right, actually. Um, I love cooking. I like the creation. I like how you can be so creative with it. You can do what you want with it. I mean, the sky's the limit with it. I love public health too, but in a different sense. I mean, it takes a different part of the heart to like that versus cooking. Mm -hmm. Very much I really so. I think I can express myself with cooking, mm -hmm. but I also love helping people. That's one of my favorite things. I like talking. I like helping. I think I'd be perfect in a hospital. Mm -hmm. And that's specifically with, with uh, the public health that you want to do. You want to, if you chose that path, you wanted to work in a hospital. Yes. Have you had that experience at all yet? Uh, 
Not really. No, no, not really. Um, I mean, I've had experience with connecting with people. I have three jobs on my campus. I am the pre a president for my club that I made, which is a murder mystery club. Oh my God, you're a Renaissance guy. <laughs> yes, I'm all throughout campus. Uh -huh. What are those other involvements? Just what, what are they about? I work on a board for my campus. So I, I'm emailing people, I'm setting up meetings, I'm talking with people, I'm constantly in Volunteer meetings. Administrator, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, so that's not enough. That's amazing. You're also a student, by the way, I'm, I'm assuming, right? Yes, I'm taking 20 oh. credits too. So an above full schedule. Okay. Um, I also work in the library here, and I'm also doing a 3D design job on the side. Mm -hmm. You so, haven't come away from the library wanting to be a librarian, nor from your 3D job wanting to be a 3D man, right? No. I would never want to do any never of that never. stuff. Nor, admin, nor an administrator, uh, you know, reaching out, making phone calls. That's not your thing either, right? No, okay. not really. So you've already eliminated three other possible occupations through okay. exposure. I think what... Uh, would be really uh, useful to you is if you dropped those other things or the better part of them and worked a little bit in the hospital in public oh. health as a volunteer because you know what cooking's about. The food's in front of you. You've bought it. You're making it. You know the creative process. You know how it makes you feel. Uh, and that's not a theory. That's an actuality. Whereas public health so far for you is really a theory. Yes. You yeah. haven't really front on uh, been thrown into it or throw yourself into it. Um, is there a chance you get a spot like that as a volunteer so you could sniff around and see how it fits you? I could get a volunteer opportunity, definitely. Um, there's also an internship class that they offer here for my specific program, so I could actually go straight into the hospital as an internship. Wow, and that's immediately in your sophomore year, you have to wait a while. I can start it theoretically next semester. But I won't, won't be able to until the following. Mm -hmm. uh, well, if that's soon enough for you, that will certainly do the trick and let you know what it's about. Uh, but because you seem to me like a young man who's pressed by choosing a path soon, I heard an urgency. Which way should I go? It's creating pressure for you. Mm -hmm. um, if there was a way you could get your feet in that water earlier, I think it would be better. I think you could size it up pretty fast. You knew right away those other positions you didn't want to do for a livelihood. You knew right away, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. I think you right have to give, you got to take a test run on the public health to see really how you respond to it. I'm going to assume you're going to be a cook. How's that? <laughs> versus, <laughs> yes. the love word versus the like word, uh, which always yes. comes to the heart, you know? Exactly. Do you have the wherewithal or could you put the money together to open a restaurant? You mentioned that. Um, right now, it's... I'd say it's pretty impossible at the moment. I don't want to say impossible. It would definitely be hard. Um, mm -hmm. But three jobs that I am working, they're all part-time jobs. So first off, I'm not getting enough hours for any of them. So that mm -hmm. definitely limits me in terms of me really wanting to do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. But also, I'm also going to college over full-time. So it mm -hmm. also limits the amount of hours I can even put into cooking. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I love them both. I love public health. I love cooking. Mm -hmm. I'm still indecisive, but I mean, there's another part of me that says not to be indecisive because I could actually just do both. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure how that would look like or how that would even work. You could easily do both. I think uh, you could certainly, I shouldn't say easily, easy for me to say, but you could certainly work in a restaurant cooking 
and enjoy that as long as you didn't want your own restaurant, which you cited in your question immediately. Mm -hmm. And you could also work uh, as a volunteer in public health, even if you wanted to. You know what they both have in common, uh, curiously enough, in my mind, uh, they're both uh, positions where you care for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah. I could see why that would be a tangle in your head as to which, which way to go. But they exactly. both very much care for people. Um, you know, uh, I, I just believe the next step for you is to try to get into the public health faster so you can size it up, unless you want to wait till next year, do the apprenticeship next year. That's fine, too. But I feel an urgency in you to want to settle. Yes, and the faster I get would, in the water, yeah. I think it would be a lot easier for me to either make my mind up one way or the other way or do both. I would suggest you'll make your mind up on the first week. Yeah. Because you're one of these people that are true to your heart. Uh, you trust your instinct. Uh, you gave me no uh, left brain reasons why you liked cooking or mental health or what it would lead to or how you analyze it. None of that came forth. All you did is work from your heart, you know? And so I think you would walk into a situation you know, right away. Hey, on a scale of one to 10, how does this strike me? Seven. But the cooking, every time I'm whipping something up, I'm thinking 10, you know? Yep, and, exactly. And I think you're smart enough to uh, smart enough to know you should be doing what, what you really love, right? All righty. I wish you luck. You're a sweetheart. Thank Who, you. Whichever so field gets you, they're going to be uh, very blessed. Let's take a short break to talk about a company I love. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, Barbara, this is Lynn from New York. I am calling you with a question. I just closed my restaurant after 11 years, and I am leaving with some personal debt that I accrued through the business. I have some new um, business concepts that I'd like to explore, but there's a part of me that thinks I should just go back to work and pay off this debt before I explore something new. What do you think? Do you think I should go back to work um, and see how long it takes for me to pay off this debt or should I get back in the saddle and figure it out? I'd love to hear your thoughts and um, thanks for all that you do. Take care. So you are one of, you're in the flesh and the blood of a person who owned a restaurant who was hit by COVID and went out of business. Yeah, I, I mean, it, that's the simple version. I think just like everything else, there's, so, there's such a backstory, but rather than, than bore you with a lot of it, um, I had an opportunity to renegotiate my lease uh, because it was up just before COVID started. And I ended up going month to month. Ah. And, and as we were going through COVID, as the, all of the regulations, the outdoor dining, the capacity issues were happening, we were burning through cash like crazy. How long had you been in business, Lynn, up till that point? Uh, 10 years, uh, just about 11 years. Yeah. Yeah, that last year was the month to month. I signed a 10-year lease in 2009. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, oh. was, um, it was a great experience, and I had the opportunity to franchise it out. I had two other uh, folks looking to open uh, my concept in two states. One got open and the other one not yet. Um, but it was a really hard situation because it, it was so uncertain, Barbara. Everything was so uncertain. So to sign a lease at the end and to have this debt in front of me, I, I didn't know what to do, so I bailed. 
Mm-hmm. Nothing, no shame in that. Uh, I sometimes think it takes more courage to end something than to procrastinate and never make a decision by far. So I admire you for that. Thank no you. need for any apology to anyone. I'm curious about a couple of things. You said you signed a month-to-month lease before COVID, right before COVID, right? It's actually when, when COVID happened. So this February. Uh, so January, um, you know, nothing was really publicized as far as COVID was concerned. Uh, I think it was the third week in February of 2020 when everything really started to happen. And um, my landlord had expected me to sign a lease in January and we were going through the process of discussing it. There wasn't a lease in front of me. Mm -hmm. And instead of following through on that negotiation, he said, you know, let's go month to month and wait, wait this thing out. And Mm -hmm. which I thought was great because frankly, I didn't know if I was going to resign. I hadn't looked through the numbers carefully because I knew I had some time. And when COVID happened, I just thought to myself, I don't know what the future is going to be for any of us. You're prudent. Yeah. And, uh, you had a little bit of lucky timing in its own weird way that that happened in February because everything hit the fan in March, as I recall, or yes. it seems that way. Uh, how much money do you owe and to whom? So uh, I have a business line of credit that is um, secured personally for $45,000. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, um, I have about 5,000 that I owe to, uh, my, uh, my lawyer and my accountant. Mm-hmm. And I have an idle loan, EDIL loan, um, that the, the government had backed, uh, in the amount of 95,000 that now that I'm out of business, I'm not really sure if that will be something that, um, I can maybe negotiate down or, um, just have to pay off. And that was, that was not, I'm not familiar with that program. That was not part of the forgivable loan program no. the government came after for. Oh, too bad. No, I, I had actually those two uh, PPP loans yes. and both of which had been forgiven. But we burned uh, through a lot of cash that year, mm-hmm. uh, just trying to stay open and, and conduct business um, with virtually, you know, the idea of some of those loans were to keep your staff. And I did keep my staff. Mm-hmm. And I was able to maintain a staff, but I wasn't able to maintain sales. Mm-hmm. So that PPP money went directly to payroll. Of course, which it was intended to do. And of course, was a great benefit to your employees. You know? yeah. The yeah. only part of that debt that you are personally guaranteeing is the 45, not the 95? Correct. The, the 95 was uh, unsecured. So as I said, I'm not really sure when that does come due, which I, I believe is mid-year next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to see, given that it wasn't personally guaranteed, how the government will go ahead and, and kind of ha- have me make good on that loan. And again, if I could somehow negotiate that down, I'd like to do that. Um, but I think the 45000 on that line of credit that's personally secured, I'm not really sure that there's much I can do about that other than just pay it. Okay. Are you still on speaking terms with your attorney? You said combine your attorney account, you have 5000 oh, Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, so he's a good guy. Um, what does he say about that unsecured 95? I think um, I think we're all going through this as our first time and our, it's our mm-hmm. first rodeo with this. Um, and, and there's not a lot of, um, I don't think anybody really knows, frankly. Um, yeah. I think that everybody's very new at this and a lot of those notes haven't come due. Mm-hmm. So um, what they said was right now, no money is due. And until that money does become due, Let's focus on the other things that have to be paid off. And that's kind of the route that I'm taking. 
Okay, how are you, how are you supporting yourself while you're paying off the $45,000 debt that's personally guaranteed? So I took on a job. Um, it's a very different job than my restaurant career, but even previous, I had a 25 year um, successful executive level career. And um, I took a sales job, frankly. I'm working 100% commission part-time. Uh -huh. um, I am making my personal ends meet. I am able to pay my monthly bills, no problem on that. Um, I, I'm pretty good at selling, so it's worked out. Um, it's not my passion at all. Um, are, you making, are you making more than your overhead so that you would be able to uh, start eating away the $45,000 debt? Yes. Yeah. How long would that take you? Well, with the 45000 probably a year, year and a half. Mm -hmm. Can you uh, yourself uh, staying the course for a year, year and a half? I could. I think the difficult part for me is somebody who works with a lot of passion, uh, whether it be in the restaurant business or otherwise, to do something just for their money is new for me. Mm -hmm. I've always done things with my whole heart and I've always done things with lots of passion. And I am doing a job that is lucrative right now, um, but it's not what I love. It's not Get where it. I can really contribute. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's serving its purpose. Of course, it specifically serving its purpose. Um, and your idea about, you, you mentioned you could start something else. What is the something else? Is it another restaurant? No. Um, I, I feel like that chapter's closed. Mm -hmm. um, there was two things I thought about. One was more of a brick and mortar situation, but brick and mortar scares me right now, given the outlay of cash necessary to design and, and, and really start from scratch. So like the retail, when you say brick or mortar, you mean a retail shop? Either either retail or some sort of hospitality business. Yes, um, I I just I spent twenty five years in retail, overseeing countless stores uh, in the U.S. and Canada, and that's really where my strength lies, and that's where I've had a successful career. Mm -hmm. um, but because of this financial situation, I was thinking maybe try something a little less risky, which is more of a consulting uh, business where I don't have to necessarily build out a brick and mortar space, okay. something I could maybe do online or virtually and really help folks that are just starting out in business or perhaps need leadership mentorship. Um, I've had some, I'm really proud of the successes I had before the restaurant business and within this restaurant business. So I feel like I have a lot to share mm -hmm. and consulting might be a way to do that, but even that will cost some money. Um, it's not going to be free, but it's certainly going to be a lot less than having to um, build out a brick and mortar space. Mm -hmm. uh, Lynn, where would you get the clients from? You've, and how much money do you think you could earn? How soon? I think, uh, well, the first question is where do I think I can get clients from? So when I was building my restaurant and uh, building that business as a franchise model, we've had a lot of interest. Um, frankly, we've had over 200 uh, people that were interested in learning more about my franchise opportunity with my restaurant. Mm -hmm. And I think I would start there and I would tap into the folks that have an interest in entrepreneurship and interest in a business model like I had. Um, and I feel that I could add value in the event that they wanted to continue to pursue that dream. And mm -hmm. I could tell them about my pitfalls and my successes and walk them through how to get um, this business going. And in addition to that, my 
my career, my previous career enabled me to network and meet people all around the country. And I'm pretty well networked. Um, and again, network with in which field? I'm trying to keep uh, track. Sorry, yeah, in uh, retail right. hospitality. Okay. So specialty retail is where I spent 25 years, but the restaurant and hospitality business is what I spent the last 11 years doing. And again, just so I'm clear, uh, you're thinking of consulting in the uh, hospitality business or the in restaurant the business? I just startup business. I would rather just, and not limit myself to restaurant, not limit myself to specialty retail, but when I've met so many people along the way who just don't even know where to get started in business. They don't know what checking account to open. Do they need a business uh, license in certain, some states? Do they, they don't know what kind of corporation to even start an S Corp, a C Corp. I think some of those, I don't know, those little things just to get people moving um, could help. And I feel like I've always been a mentor to uh, my team. And if I could mentor my closest teammates, I could certainly mentor um, people that are like-minded. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and you think that the network is wide enough that you get a toehold and get enough clients that would start giving you a fee you would charge by the hour or a subscription basis or what kind of thought have you given to that well i've, I've actually thought about both mm -hmm. um i think that there are some folks that just have some questions that might need to be answered relatively quickly and then they want to move on and be able to do their own thing and mm -hmm. i think there's other folks out there that may want a long-term commitment with somebody to walk them through their journey and just to be there for them and as far as charging not really sure what where that would go, um, like what that would even look like. I started to do some research on it. And then I talked myself out of this because I have all this debt. So I'm like, why am I even going to start this when I feel a little irresponsible to start something when I owe, when I owe money? So I kind of pulled myself back. I don't happen uh, to agree with you uh, because you're serving a certain God. Um, when you're when you're doing your work simply uh, to support yourself, the selling job, and making enough money, and you'd have to work a year and a half in that to get out from under the debt you've incurred, I think that's honorable and it's targeted, and you're doing that for a purpose. May I ask you, is that a full time job? That selling uh, job? It's a half time yeah. job. Yeah, I make my own hours. Um, it's a hundred percent commission. Could and... you double your effort and make double the amount of money if you chose to? I'm not, I'm not being filtered enough leads to do that. Um, this is a lead-based business, so I'm not filtered enough leads to be able to make it a full-time job. That would be amazing because I'd be able to cut that debt down so much quicker. Uh -huh. But I'm, I'm not seeing that amount of leads coming my way, although I have asked yes. uh, for additional leads. Um, I'm not shy in that. But yeah, it was. Uh, it is something, though, that in the a short amount of time that I need to give it, Mm -hmm. I am making a sizable income to be able to start paying this stuff down. Okay. I think you uh, have all the answers to your own question, frankly. I think you figured out uh, the keys to half the kingdom, the sales job, which only takes half your time, and you're going to support yourself with that. That's a lot of pressure off your back that you'd actually eat and pay your rent, right? Mm -hmm. And on top of that, if you work it for a year and a half, you can actually pay down that sizable debt of 45,000. That is the only debt I think you should be worrying about. I think the rest of it, you know, see where that goes. It doesn't strike me like you're worried about that, but the 45,000 haunts you. 
Yes. You're on the personal hook for it. And so that's front and forward. But you've already done something, put something in place to win that over, to get rid of it. But you just have to put a year and a half of your life. But the reality is you have another whole half of Lynn time-wise here. Another whole half of your nine to five, your 24 hours a day. And why not dedicate it to starting the other business as a consultant? especially if you're in the lucky position of having some sort of base for leads, which is a tripwire for everybody getting started. They don't know where to turn to get the very first customer. I think in terms of what you really offer and what you charge, you have to do the research and see what people in your position do charge. Because it's, it's, a, it's a market where people compare and they shop and they see what costs are. But I think uh, that you have the network, you could do the research to determine what you should be charging. Um, I think the only missing step after that is clarity as to what your business really is, because I was totally confused listening because I'm catching you in flight information. Yeah. Uh, so before you could offer, it's got to be rock solid and great clarity and communicated clearly uh, what the business name is, what do you charge, what do you offer, uh, how do you get paid? And you had mentioned that you were thinking of doing both an hourly thing and uh, a consulting thing where people took you on. I think you should offer both from the get go. Yeah, different services, how to start a business. If you want to hour my time, this is what I can cover. Two hours of my time, I can cover this. Or maybe a course for three hours, I cover the whole shoot match. And then if people want that individual personalized coaching with you, which you're wired for, people would, you're just cushy. You know what I mean? You're the kind of person that makes a great coach. And if you have the wherewithal and knowledge, that's the other half of it in addition to your personality. So I think you're on the right track. I just find... The second half of that journey is confusing because you're not clear as to really what service it is, what you're going to charge, and specifically what you're going to teach. And I think that will just take you probably another week or so to really yeah. drill down and get that really clear because you're a clear thinker. I think I just got you a little early on that one, honestly. I think if I called you in two weeks, you might have great clarity on that, you know? But let me tell you something. I think it's phenomenal that you have the buoyancy you have and the enthusiasm you have and the conviction you have and even the emotional peace you have that you really care. I mean, a lot of people get shot down and they go into a hole and cry for three or four years, figuring out how they're going to avoid the hole versus solve the problem. You're a problem solver. And so I think that alone is the proof that you can help other people tremendously because that's what you do. You solve a problem. And you do it in a practical fashion. But I think before you offer your services, you have to really get clear on exactly what they are and what you charge and how you're going to market them. Or not even market them, but your brochure online. You know, specifically, what do you get for the money? What do I, come with me, here's what you get for the money. And I sure hope you use your personality, pitch that, even if it's video, because you writing it is going to be flat. You talking it is going to be lively, you know? Thank you for that, Barbara. You know, it's the, the pity party I had. So um, the pity party was there. It was short, but it was there. Um, but the idea of, of wallowing was not an option. I think the fear of jumping back into a, a business of my own and having felt like a failure mm. in, you know, putting to bed an 11-year-old business was, it was and is still a little hard. But Hearing you say that it, you think that that's something that I really should continue to pursue is so helpful because I, I don't think, unless you've walked the shoes, it's hard to 
to give advice to friends and family. And I think when, in my circle, there's not a lot of people that have done what I've done. And uh, I am a risk taker and I am somebody who loves to kind of jump at things and try something new and just kind of get out there. Um, so I appreciate you acknowledging that. Thank you. And about the, about the failure, you know, you had 10 years in your own business. You had one year you failed along with 90% of the other people out there and you had nine years of success. Think about that. Think about that. You know, how could that be labeled a failure? You know? mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And you know what you get for failing? I swear to God, what you could have gotten it no other way. You walk in the shoes of failing. You've got empathy in spades. You can empathize with people better now than you ever could if you took a course in it for 10 years. So I'm rooting for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Give this, give this new plan exactly three months door to door to get it totally buttoned up. Yeah. I will. I'm going to get right up. up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Love you. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you so much. I love you too. You're the best. And that's all we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. -A -A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.